Don't look now. Welcome to Don't Look Now, everyone, the uh, Friendly Neighborhood Podcast with your hosts, Jenny McDonald and Will Hageman, bringing you random topics of interest every week, coming out Tuesdays, and uh, our topic for the week is what, Jenny? <laughs> it is... It is... Based on a comic strip. Based on a comic strip, okay. There's uh, no murder or mayhem in this one. No. There might be murder and mayhem okay, in this well, one. Okay, well, comic murder and mayhem, maybe. You know. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, I can't sing. Um, and in my genius youth, I was like, I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to join a play. Mm-hmm. So in middle school, auditions came out. I auditioned and sang for them. And the look of horror on the <laughs> casting director's face told me that I probably wasn't going to get a good part. Um, and I ended up getting only a speaking role because I apparently have a very authoritative yeah. voice occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up the mayor of Dogpatch. All right. Little Abner. Little Abner. Little Abner. All right. Cool. <laughs> so let's hear the story of Little Abner. Did you know that Sadie Hawkins came from Little, Little Abner. Abner? Yeah, I've heard that. I didn't know that until looking it up a while back because I was like, I wonder what the history of Sadie Hawkins Day is. It's, yeah. it's based on a comic strip, yeah, which is pretty cool, right? So let's talk about the real story of Sadie Hawkins Day. Nice. The story of Little Abner was created by a cartoonist named Al Cap, and it's a comic strip based on um, a Depression-era town. So Sadie Hawkins itself was a Great Depression-era woman who chased after men, trying to get someone to marry her. Um, In the story, like, they have a whole race and everything where they're trying to chase down the husband that they want to catch. And Cap championed traditional values and his satirical representation of relationships between men and women and this attitude towards the opposite sex so everybody now celebrates it for this non-traditional gender role swapping Mm -hmm. action um but when she first landed in the comic strip Mm -hmm. they mocked this whole sadie hawkins idea yeah yeah. right so he started his comic strip in 1934 and he introduces the world to little abner who's kind of a a dim-witted muscle-bound young man who is, like, if you watch the movie, gorgeous, and you're like, but also kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. Just, it, he's super frustrating. And he lives in Dogpatch, USA, which is the total stereotypical hillbilly, old apple dumpling, like, gangster yeah. view yeah. of hillbillies. Yeah. And he's the son of Mammy and Pappy Yoakum. Mammy is the unofficial leader of Dogpatch. Uh, she's honest and industrious, and she's married to Pappy, who's kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And totally illiterate. And um, Abner spends his days in Dogpatch or the surrounding region of Lower Slobovia. Slobovia. (laughs) It's really hard. Blissfully unaware of everything happening around him, right? Mm -hmm. So, in 1937, Al Cap introduces Sadie Hawkins to the mix as the daughter of the prominent Dogpatch resident, Hezebiah Hawkins. And in the story, Sadie is plain. And she's a grown woman who's still living at home in need of a man 
and she's called the homeliest gal in the hills. Oh, nice. Yep. She a rampant hag, man. Basically, right. she's a rampant hag. All right, good to know. All right. And her prospects for marriage start to like scare her dad, right? Mm-hmm. So Mr. Hawkins eventually takes matters into his own hands and organizes the Sadie Hawkins Day race. All the single men in town run to the finish line while all the single women, Sadie included, chase down the bachelors and get them to marry the first one they catch. <laughs> uh, okay. Look, this is probably the most industrious way of finding a man that I have yeah, ever yeah. heard. Nice. Dating's really hard. Mm-hmm. Maybe it works for some people. Okay. The comic strip that featured the first Sadie Hawkins Day race was published on November 15th, 1937. And Sadie snags a man and other single dodge pack dog patch women like the idea so much that it becomes an annual event. I mean, <laughs> look, I think we've all been in these relationships these days where people are like, I don't know what we really are. If I hear any more of my friends say that we're just talking, yeah, I just want to smack somebody, make a decision. <laughs> uh, I can get into fun definitions of what just talking means. Huh? I, yeah. Just, well, we're just talking. I'm sure you're just talking. Right. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Moving on. So it's an annual event. Daisy Mae Scragg, who's, of course, like the hottie. Machati mm-hmm. in town um, is super in love with little Abner and chases him until they finally get married in 1952. So every year she chases after him and he's known for like beating, getting, not getting yeah. caught every year. Yeah. And um, they get married in 1952. Unlike Sadie Hawkins, the homeliest gal in the hills, rampant hag, <laughs> Daisy May is conventionally attractive. She's the physical opposite, but she also wants to get married. So she chases him every single year until she catches him. For his part, he's kind of just like, what? He's really aloof. He's evasive. And he's never affectionate towards her. Hmm. After Lil Abner and Daisy get married, they have a child named Honest Abe. <laughs> and Daisy May becomes the faithful workhorse of the household. So the object of Sadie's affection from that very first Sadie Hawkins Day race is Adam Aulis, a young man attached to Teresa, who's another girl in town. Since they aren't engaged, um, since Adam and Teresa mm-hmm. aren't engaged, Adam's included in the race. Okay. But Adam comes in fourth place, so John Johnston, who comes in last, ends up being Sadie's prize. Okay. And there's, like, a feeling of gloom and doom with the, the, the comic strip for any of the Sadie Hawkins Day races. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's evident in the panels that the, fe- the men um, that line up are, like totally hoping they're not going to get caught Uh they're running for their lives (laughs) and the women are running for matrimony Mm -hmm. and sadie hawkins day um is the name of the least desired dog patch resident and the real target though for every sadie hawkins day Mm -hmm. race was always little labner yeah because he's just like that catch so every every year readers would read to see is this the year that daisy catches them so like i'm sure they led up to it every Mm -hmm. year like this is the year um annual ritual created suspense and tension for al cap's audience until they finally got married in a life magazine article around the event he says sadie hawkins day has always revolved around little abner fearing to marry daisy may now that his worst fears have come to hideously true what will they do on sadie hawkins day hideously true yeah she's a hottie and still, poor thing. Good so lord. It makes you wonder some about what all Al Cap had going on. But. Yeah, it it does. I kind of think, uh, yep, I have a lot of Yeah, yeah. I, got some, I got questions. Right. In 1939, there was a story on the real Sadie Hawkins Day races that started taking place at more than 200 colleges around the country. <laughs> 
one of the first colleges to hold a real life CD Hawkins Day. Can you guess? First colleges to have, let me, hmm. I don't know. University of Tennessee. Oh, okay. And the students dress like little Abner characters and mimic the traditions of the full race. Yeah. The event eventually spreads to hundreds of schools, and by the 1950s, more than 40,000 races were held. <laughs> and the object, obviously, was instead of marriage, though, mm-hmm. was for the Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. And Al Cap himself said that he received tens of thousands of letters from colleges, communities, and church groups each year to find out what day the race would take place so they could plan accordingly. Um, and he claimed that the pseudo-holiday happened when he said it happened. There was no set date. <laughs> so whenever he felt like it, that's when it happened. He never really wanted this to turn into an annual event, mm-hmm. but it delighted people so much that he started getting letters from people asking where they could find dog patch so that they could go to the event. <laughs> And then, like I said, it just took off like a flame. Um, And the Sadie Hawkins Day races ran for 40 years in Little Abner, which is a long time. I didn't realize that ran that long. Yeah. Um, Even though Daisy May had to chase Little Abner for years to finally catch her man, women saw the invention of Sadie Hawkins Day as a way to challenge their traditional roles, which is kind of bitching. Mm -hmm. So instead of waiting around for a man to come to them, the women liked the idea of approaching a man and turning social norms on their head. As more and more races, dances, and other Sadie Hawkins Day events developed, Sadie herself becomes associated with the women's movements of different kinds. That's right, rampant hags. Let's rule this country. (laughs) And they were intricately linked to popular culture, politics, and social connections alike. At this time, modern television shows have taken that Sadie Hawkins Day phenomenon, sometimes also, like, making it seem like it's a backward thing, mm-hmm. but, like, it's still shown in movies and things. Yeah. It's still... Do they still do those dances, even? Yeah, they do. I mean, you still hear about it every once in a while. I don't remember right. the day, like, which... I thought it was, like, February something. Yeah, yeah but I, I've, got a, I've got a story, so... Yeah. I'm sure you do. Um, (laughs) That said, psychology professor Michael Mills conducted a small study in 2011 among heterosexual college-age students, which concluded that 93% of women still prefer to be asked out, while 83% of men prefer to do the asking. What kind of men are those? I mean, would you want to ask out every girl? Or would you you like it if they asked you out? I would have loved it if a girl had asked me out. Like, I was terrified to ask a girl out when I was, like, So it seems like a very high statistic that 83% would rather ask a girl than have a girl ask them out. Yeah, I I keep hearing these things of men are freaked out by women. Like, that would have been ideal when I, like, if I were in high school and some girl had asked me out, then, well, shit, that would have been great. Because, you know, getting rejected sucks. Who wants that shit? So Exactly. Probably because guys don't know how to let girls down easily. So here's something interesting for you. In the comic strip, most of the women in Dogpatch do all the work while their men live in passive, like they run their lives passively. So a lot of times in Little Abner, he's laying under a tree sleeping while everyone mm-hmm. else is working the farms. Yay. And then you've got Mammy Yoakum, who's the mom. She runs Dogpatch, essentially. Mm-hmm. Daisy May eventually becomes the housewife of her uninterested, super uninterested husband. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm, yeah. Yeah. The, an- <laughs> um, the antagonist for a lot of the comics is General Bull Moose, who's a greedy capitalist, but n- very little is really known about him. Then there's somebody named Marion Sam, who offers nuptials for $2. 
and Fearless Fostick, the gullible and ineffective cop who literally offers nothing. <laughs> According to author Arth, author Arthur Asia Berger, that's a mouthful, um, Al Cap's depiction of women reflects his own egoism. Mammy Yoakum, for example, has power only because she thinks she knows what's right. And then the portrayals of buxom beauties like Daisy May and homely like Sadie reflect how Cap may have viewed women as sexual creatures holding very specific roles in society. So what be what was a comic strip became a multimedia cash cow. Um, this obviously the Sadie Hawkins day thing was insane. Like mm-hmm. it blew up. And then he started visiting college campuses, presented trophies at Daisy may lookalike contests. Um, <laughs> The Broadway show premiered in the 1950s. There was a film in 1959, which actually is a really good film. Hmm. They did a pretty good job with that. Other professional opportunities made him a very wealthy man. Um, And he continued to use the comic strip as a social commentary for a really long time. Uh, However, during the 1960s and 70s, he started to get very dissatisfied with life. Um, his biographers basically say that his bitterness overtook him the older he got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had this stereotypical view of this Appalachian region, and the characters were just so ignorant of everything going around them. And he would really highlight things that now we would be like, why would you highlight? Like, why are you going to highlight how lazy these people are yeah. and that they're illiterate? And, like, yeah. they just kept saying the word illiterate over, over and over and yeah. over. And it just kind of made the people of Appalachia seem worse and worse and worse. And that's, yeah. you know, we start to get, because it's so popular, people yeah. start to really associate that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of sad. And some people are like, eh, he's not insulting the people of Appalachia, but he's criticizing materialism and industrialism everywhere else. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, but he did have characters like General Bull Moose, who represented greed, um, and the Fearless Fostick, who was like the ineffective power of the police. So there was a lot of very subtle social commentary, which I hate when people start to interpret writing. Yeah. Because he probably didn't have any of those intentions. They just kind of like came through. They're just funny. Yeah. So Al Cap himself had a longtime affair with Nina Luce, who was an actress. Um, Luce offered written letters um, by the cartoonist to Cap's biographers. And the letters revealed um, the complexities of his life and how he did what he wanted, basically, and made up his own rules as he went along. In 1971, he's accused of making unwelcome sexual advances towards several students at the University of Alabama. And then it was covered up, but then a lot more Hmm. comes to light. Um, So once the initial claim was covered up, someone else comes forward and said that a lot of indecent exposure and sodomy happened. (laughs) So that's a lot. Um, he also allegedly, allegedly made advances towards a young Goldie Hawn, who I just love. <laughs> I love Goldie Hawn. And then um, Grace Kelly. So, yeah, so creeper. Kind all of a right. creeper, yeah. Yeah, I could never have guessed that the person who invented Daisy May and all this stuff was a creeper. Right. Yeah. In 1977, um, it was pretty clear that Little Abner was not appealing to audiences mm-hmm. anymore. And he said it was a chore to write the comic strip yeah and that he grew more and more tired of drawing it and that the strip really began to show that mm-hmm. uh so finally he said what the hell <laughs> and he quit nice <laughs> which actually i love that um and during the last years of his life uh, this is this is kind of the bummer of the story yeah the last years of his life were just scandal after scandal after scandal scandal he gets emphysema 
and then um, his daughter was found dead at the wheel of her car, mm. and then he died like two years later. Yeah. So it just was very. That's very sad. So that's the the behind the scenes of Lil Abner there. So um, let's go down the rabbit hole. Well, first. Sadie Hopkins story. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Yes. Go ahead. No. um, Well, it was my understanding, and I could have gotten this wrong, that my my stepmother proposed to my father on Sadie Hopkins Day. Oh, my God. That's really cute. Yep. So she she asked him, and that is is, specifically on Sadie Hopkins. So. And it's like February something, right? That's what I, I was trying to remember what the date. I need to look it up real quick. I know. That's, I was thinking. There it, is an official date now, you know. Have you ever had a Sadie Hawkins Day event that you participated in? Nope. I have heard of them, but I have never, never been at one because if there was one, nobody asked me to it. I don't remember. that would be dependent upon having a girl ask you to a dance. <laughs> <laughs> that's just crazy talk. Oh, so. you know. Like I said, it's it's funny because I we did the play, but I don't think we had a Sadie Hawkins anything. Let's see, Sadie Hawkins Day. Do do do. They talk about the thing, but I don't see any ever. Yep. It's never got an official date, does it? Yeah, no, I don't see one. So it must just be whenever there's a dance or whatever else they they go with it. So weird. What day is Sadie Hawkins Day? November thirteenth. Hmm. It's annually celebrated as Sadie Hawkins Day. So just two days ago, three days ago. Hey, timely. Yes, yes, you, you nailed this. Hey, we just, we just went best. by Sadie Hawkins Day. You know, sometimes I hit the nail on the head with things, and other <laughs> times I really don't. There we go. Well, okay, so let's talk about some comic strip related stuff. The first comic strip in the United States was Richard Felton's occult, um, Richard Felton Out Cults. That's his name. It's really hard to say. The Yellow Kid, which appeared in Hearst, New York, American on February 16th, 1896. And it was published in the Sunday supplement to the paper and quickly joined by other comic strip. So um, here's another interesting fact. People think that the reason why comic strips are so important is that it's intense. Yeah. So it's this intense visual focused on the plot and the characters. And it just draws you in because it has such a short period to tell a huge story usually mm-hmm. like some panels are only one panel long yeah like the far side comics. Yeah, i love the far side the far side's my favorite thing of all time so. well and they they tell a huge story mm-hmm. in one panel yeah. so it's like you have to it combines the visual and the literal and everything and it's it's a lot so that's one of the things that i really like about comic strips at least yeah um, you know it makes me think of you know it's just interesting timing-wise. Like, I, I'd always... I've heard of Little Abner. I've never seen Little Abner. I've never read the comic strip because in terms of my life, like, I was born right when it died. So, like, right. I never... You know, it wasn't running. But all the people of my parents' generation know it really well and older, you know. And the other one that kept coming up all the time was Pogo. Yeah. That, like, I had all these figurines that, like, you know, my grandparents had that I, like got from them when i was a kid of pogo characters but i've never seen pogo in my life so i don't really like know them but apparently you know it was a fairly big comic strip for a while and yeah it's one that i just don't know you know i remember i remember the various long running strips you know back when you everybody got the paper right everybody got the sunday paper that was kind of the other thing about comics is everybody saw them they were kind of like the one thing that like you know every kid read the comics because they could read them yeah you know and it was awesome so everybody you know you read those things and there were the adult ones that i'm like Dunesbury. Yeah, I was like Brenda Starr, whatever. You know, right. Apartment three G. Eh, you know, I'm 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 six. I don't care. I want, right. I want Snoopy, and I want you know the Family Circle. Yep. You know, those, Hagar those the things. Horrible. Yep. Yep. 
Okay. The Wizard of Id, all yes. those good things. I loved it. I mean, uh, wrapping paper. You'd mm-hmm. use the Sunday yep. comics to wrap things because yep. they were in color. When we did, um, we did Little Abner when I was in middle school as a play, and I rented the movie to watch because I'd never heard of it before. Back mm-hmm. when you could go to movie stores and rent things. Yeah, yeah, and it was great to see it in action. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I saw that movie now. Now that I understand the workings of yeah. the world and yeah. how much everything's changed, how offended I would be. Yeah. Because I do remember Sadie being absolutely the most mm-hmm. monstrous version of a woman they could find. Nice. And then they put her in the skimp, you know, yeah. the skimpiest yeah. outfit yeah. that and they could that find. That was the whole thing with Daisy May and everything else. Is it's right. Just, that's yeah. where the Daisy Duke yeah. thing comes yeah. from, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah. And uh-huh. yeah, little teeny tiny shorty shorts. Mm-hmm. And then these little... It has to be a button-up shirt that's like super tight yep, super and like tight, and it's, and, yeah. it's c- yeah. cropped, and then you've got puff sleeves. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Daisy May had big blonde hair and big large boobs and skinny, skinny, skinny little thing. And mm-hmm. then Sadie May was giant in the same outfit yeah. with dark hair because dark-haired women were villains. <laughs> Drove me crazy. Yeah. Uh, good times. So or not? I know. <laughs> Um, so we're going to move into more down the rabbit hole stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is more comic book versus comic strip. Sorry. Uh, Stan Lee had planned on quitting the comic book industry until his wife, Joan, told him to write the type of character he wanted for his last project. The result of this was the Fantastic Four, which created a more humanely flawed type of superhero. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. when Patrick Stewart first saw an X-Men comic, he said, what am I doing on the front of a comic book? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart. <laughs> John Constantine. Have you ever seen the Constantine movie? I actually Can have, have not. I've not. I've not read any of the Constantine stuff or seen the movie. So you know. Beautiful. It's totally amazing. I know a lot of people love it, but I, I just I have no real exposure to it. So Apparently, he's, the only, he's one of the only comic book ter- characters to age in real time with the publication. Okay. Nice. So he's getting older every okay. year as the, the comics get older, which no, that's is cool. great. Seven years before the Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. or Harry Potter and the... It's not Philosopher's Stone. Harry Potter and the... Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone, Sorcerer, the U.S. version. Yeah. Sorcerer's. Neil Gaiman published a comic book about an English boy who finds out he's a wizard on his 12th birthday who receives an owl from a magical stranger. <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Yep. Always the first to the boat. Yep, good stuff. Love it. Um, and then here's our final little rabbit hole today. Marvel published a generic comic book in order to trademark the names superhero and super villain. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's all your random facts uh, about Sadie Hawkins and Lil Abner today. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Good old Sadie Hopkins. Yeah. No, I mean, I, that's one that I'd, I'd always heard about Sadie Hopkins dances, and I just knew it was generally the rule that, like, you know, the girl was supposed to ask right. the guy out, and, like... I didn't know where it had come from or anything. You know. I remember vaguely asking my mom about it when mm-hmm. I was little, but I, I've i never, as far as I know, we never had a Sadie Hawkins day yeah, we, experience. We definitely never had anything like that at our school or anything else. I don't remember yeah. anything like that around, but I'd heard about, you know, like you'd hear about them happening. Right. And I had no idea races were involved. So mm-hmm. that was the thing that yeah, was super that interesting to me. Like, yeah. And then <laughs> I just can't even imagine how dense you have to be. To want to not even go to a dance with somebody for years. 
Uh, you know, you don't have to be dense. You just have to be not interested, I guess. So, you know, you know yeah. I seems to be. The, I think they're trying to go with dense because it was a different time or something. But I think he might have been interested in members of the same sex, yeah, not I, necessarily I would, the ladies. I would. I would guess that. You know. Yeah, I think we're just going to put it out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, little Abner's well, well polished. He's, he's got you know. Well polished. Well polished. What oh. we go with? Looking, trying to think of the term that I would uh, use for. A man who who spends time on his upkeep uh, yeah. before metrosexual is a thing, right? Because he's not metro; he's 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 a hillbilly. But and I love that. Like I can totally picture him in modern day times as like the guy that goes to the gym and grunts at himself yeah, in front of the yeah, mirror. Pretty much, yeah. And I don't know that he's necessarily interested in men as much as just himself. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just. But yeah, there's an archetype there, and I'm trying to think of what. Um, the guy that looks in the oh, yeah, yeah, just the you know the, the guy that looks in the mirror and kisses his biceps when he flexes. The Greek god. But, you know. What's his name? Uh, Narcissus. Narcissus. There you go. Narcissist. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All this for me, never having seen any Little Abner thing in my life, so I'm sure I'm full of crap. Well, the movie makes him seem less like he's more excited about Daisy May because it's a movie and they have to be. But yeah, in the cartoons, it's very nothing. Yeah, for sure. All right. All righty. Well, that wraps up another episode. So I encourage you all to rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Tell your friends about us, how, how wonderful this podcast is. So we'll get our, our viewership up by another another five people. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, thank you, as always, to Hollis State Audio for uh, your intro and outro music. And we will catch you all later. Yay. Hey, goodbye. Bye.